Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Resiliency and Running podcast. My name is Liz, and I will be your host. I'm very excited for today's episode because we're going to be talking all things mentality and marathon training as well as for race day. So just sit back and relax. We'll just jump right into the episode. All right. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I'm very excited to be recording this episode and I feel like I always say that I'm excited to be recording an episode, but genuinely, if you've been listening for a while, you know that this is like my time to sit down and feel like I'm chatting and catching up with a friend, which is exactly what the podcast feels like for me. So this is like my time of the week that I really do treasure and look forward to. So today's episode, I really wanted to focus on some of the questions that I've been getting around the mentality of not only training for a marathon, but also just what you go through during race day mentally. I think a lot of what we focus on as runners is the physical aspect of training as well as racing during race day, but we don't too often talk about the mental side. And I recently posted a Q&A box on my story on Instagram, just asking for some topics and questions that you guys may have for both content sort of video topics in the future, which I will definitely create a video around this, but as well as podcast episode topics. And so I really wanted to focus on that today. And I also wanted to touch on sort of what that means for me with Chicago, the mentality behind aiming for a very big goal, such as going for a Boston qualifier and being realistic with myself and sort of what my coach has talked to me about with that. But before we get into that, let's of course start with some highs and lows for the week. All right, so starting with my high for the week, I feel like I'm still riding the high of big half. Obviously, we really smashed our half marathon time goal, which is amazing and a very big confidence boost ahead of big half. And training for me lately has felt pretty good. And I had a really good track workout this morning and just felt really positive. And I think you guys know that I'm a very emotional runner. And so when something goes well, especially track sessions, which can be so daunting and so hard because you know if if you're running on a track versus a park like there are a lot more obstacles in a park such as like slight inclines and people dodging and all that sort of stuff but with a track it's just you and the track and there's nothing like holding you back so if you're not hitting pace it's just like 100% your fault so it was really positive to have that session and this week is my peak week and I will be running my furthest that I'm going to run for my training block this week so really looking forward to that and just excited to continue with the high mileage it's been feeling really good definitely been feeling more sore lately with my body but that's how you know that you're actually doing some really solid training I think my low for the week is that I just cannot I can't get on with my Garmin and I if you guys watched my video on social media you would have known that I made a video about the fact that I want to break up with my Garmin because it really really let me down on my Sunday long run last weekend and I know again I'm an emotional runner I'm very dramatic but realistically when it comes to it when you are like deep into a long run and I'm talking 10 miles and then suddenly your Garmin starts acting up and it's like nope you're not actually going marathon pace you're going two minutes slower 
it can really, really get to you. And that may look different for everyone. But for me, it looked like a panic attack in the middle of Victoria Park. And I'm really sorry to anyone who was running there on Sunday and may have seen that. But I'm very, very grateful to have Gabriel. And he was just, he's always really helpful in the sense that like, I think I am just like so much more emotional and like think with my heart and he thinks with with his head more, especially in those situations where it's just like, I cannot continue to let my emotions get the best of me. Whereas he was just like, okay, realistically, we've got these options. First option, you know, you take off the Garmin and we just go by my watch or option two, you just ignore your Garmin and we just go by by my watch. And so either way, we were going to be going off of his watch versus mine. And I decided to just ignore my watch and just ignore all the buzzing and the vibrating and just totally follow his watch. And yeah, watch this space because we're definitely going to be getting a new watch. And I'm really, really sad because I know that like a year ago, I think I had made the switch from Apple to Garmin and was really, really into the Garmin and really loved it. But I think for me, I've just had so many issues in particular with pacing when I'm implementing or like creating a workout in my Garmin app to then upload into my watch. And so it's just really hard when like I'm going out for like that small little sliver of time during the day when I have time to train and I really need to get the training right. And for me, I am definitely a bit of a perfectionist and I'm trying to get better at that. And my coach always reminds me like training is training no matter what, if you whether you hit pace or not. And not every session is going to result in you hitting pace. And so I try my best to remind myself of that. But at the same time, again, I'm an emotional runner and I just need to watch genuinely at this point before Chicago Marathon that is going to give me accurate readings, accurate times, accurate pace. And so, yeah, watch the space and there will definitely be content coming out soon, as well as maybe an episode sort of comparing watches that I've worn in the past. But without further ado, let's just jump right into the episode. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Right. So like I mentioned, I did get some questions around like the mental side of running. And if you do want to ask any questions for a future episode or recommend any topics, definitely feel free to message me on Instagram, send me a DM or an email. But you can also just follow me on Instagram so that whenever I do post those question boxes, you can also make recommendations. And I always take notes of all, all of the recommendations that come in because I always love knowing what you guys want to hear and see. And so today I really wanted to focus on the mental side of running because I think this marathon training block has definitely proved to be, if anything, like the hardest marathon training block I have ever done in my life. And this is going to be my seventh marathon and it will be the third world major that I am running. And there's so much to talk about that I could like unfold in a whole different episode about just like how different it is to be training for a marathon, almost like, I don't even want to say in a casual manner, but just like following a plan like knowing that you just want you just have the goal of running a marathon and that 
I think just more focuses on like, you know, hitting your weekly mileage and making sure that you can get out for those runs. And like with Berlin Marathon, similarly, like I kind of I had like a loose goal of getting a sub four. I had wanted one for a while, but I didn't really have the motivation in me to push myself that much harder. And if I've shared before, but I at the time did not have a coach and I genuinely specifically picked a free training plan online that I found that had absolutely no speed work because I wanted the easiest plan that literally was just like running, you know, X number of miles each day during the week. And, you know, that's. I think a main reason why I didn't hit that sub four goal at the time. But I think like when I compare that with this training block, it's been incredibly different because, you know, in order to get faster, obviously you need to implement speed work for one. And I think with a coach and with having a coach, it's changed the game for me because it really changes my perception of what my glass ceiling is and what my like ability to push myself is as a runner. And I think that like if I was trying to decide that myself, it would be very biased in a way that I don't think I would give myself that much sort of I wouldn't really credit myself that much in the sense that I I wouldn't think that I could push myself in the ways that I am pushing myself now. And this sounds like an ad for coaching, but this is kind of just like what's worked best for me. But obviously what comes with that is also, you know, mentally, it is very hard and it's been really tough especially in those longer run sessions where my coach implements marathon pace where I need to kind of switch from tired legs into back into marathon pace and even though my body's saying no my head's saying no my heart has to say yes and it's a very emotional experience for me almost every time and Gabriel can vouch for it because I feel so bad because I feel like he gets like the worst side of me when I'm doing these really hard sessions. But genuinely, I find that it's really hard for me, you know, in like almost trying to navigate this new like chapter of my running journey, I guess, where I'm almost like really classifying myself as a fast runner because I used to look at times that I'm running now and I used to think, God, like those people who can run seven, eight minute miles in a race are so fast. And for example, today's track session, I was going in and out of intervals at my 10K to half marathon pace and that sits at around 7.20 to 7.30. But there were a number of those intervals where I was running faster than that. So I was, you know, sitting closer to seven minutes per mile if not breaking seven minutes at the end for my very last interval and getting that runner's high. But it's just incredible to look at the progress. But I think progress doesn't come without consistency and just really making sure that you're checking in with yourself mentally. And one of the questions that I got around this was how to train mentally for races. One of the questions that I got around this was mental resiliency and so staying consistent and motivated. And I think that especially earlier on in your training journey and your running journey, it is very hard to try and stay consistent and It's especially hard when you find yourself comparing yourself to others. And I really found this was an issue for me, a major issue issue for me for a while, because I used to look at runners on, say, Instagram, for example. This was years ago before TikTok came into the game. And I just found myself really comparing myself to these runners that always looked like they had the perfect runs and they were wearing the perfect outfit they had the perfect shoes and they just like you know looked really shredded and really lean and just like 
you know, the complete opposite to what I felt as a beginner runner at the time. And for a number of years, I did not post any sort of running data online. I didn't share anything. I didn't, I was, I wasn't on Strava. I had the Nike running app, but I wasn't like adding people as friends. I wasn't making my pacing and my times and my runs visible to others because I was genuinely so self-conscious about my own paces. And I've shared that recently. I kind of went back through my Google photos and found a bunch of like photos that I used to take in 2019 of when I was really kind of accidentally getting into distance running and I started hitting you know, 20 miles, 22 miles. And all of my paces were like 11 to 13 minutes per mile, which I'm not saying has, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And that at the time was like where I was meeting myself as a runner. And that at the time is what worked for me. But when it comes to like having that mental resiliency of staying consistent and motivated to show up for every single workout, that is where you really need to be your biggest cheerleader. And I've touched on this before, but running whilst I think nowadays there's been a lot more of a push for running in community and joining run clubs. And, you know, I've got my own run club for the podcast and just creating community out of running Whilst there is community, and I think it's so important in your training journey, I think it's also important to know that you have to be okay running alone because a lot of your training is going to be on your own. And you won't be able to go to all these run clubs, you know, if you've got like specific workouts that you need to hit from your coach, for example. So like I can't go to a run club if I've got speed work and they're doing an easy 5K. Like it just doesn't work out with my plan. And, you know, if I'm paying for a coach, I want to do what is on my plan from my coach. And I think that it's sometimes having to make hard decisions like that of like, you know, I need to do this on my own time. I need to do this by myself and I need to wake up at this time so that I can fit it in with school or work or childcare. And, you know, I think it's there is a massive element around how do you fit this into your daily life? Because especially if you're marathon training, but just training in general, it definitely, you know, feeds into your life in a way that running kind of almost sort of starts to take over it. And a lot of us runners make jokes about, you know, you don't really have and you don't really make weekend plans if you're marathon training because, you know, you need to get a good night's sleep the night before. So you're not going to be going out super late the night before. And then you do your long run the next day. And then you're pretty much just like, you know, a couch potato the rest of the day because it just like completely wipes you out and takes it out of you. And I think that for me, one of the biggest things that's helped me in just like my journey and my running journey with mental resiliency and like staying consistent and motivated is just like celebrating every single little progress point. And for me, what that looked like earlier on, say if you're a beginner runner, I think was just like the ways in which I would shock myself and show up to these runs that I genuinely didn't think I could do. And I remember looking at this half marathon training plan when I was training for my very first race ever. It was my very first half marathon in November of 2019. And I was looking at this plan and week by week, it would go up in mileage, eight miles, nine miles, 10 miles. And before that, I hadn't run anything more than 10K. And so I was looking at this plan thinking like, you know, I knew that I signed up for this half and a half marathon is obviously fat for a half marathon is obviously further than 10K. But I 
for some reason just don't think that I really put two and two together that I would also need to like run further than 10k during the training and so I was definitely really nervous and I was scared to go out and like see if I could even do these runs and each time I would go out I would shock myself and I, I think that each time that I did you know get to that mileage get to that eight miles nine miles ten miles it gave me even more of a push to show up the next day and show up for the next big run. And I think it's important in a way that, you know, I think that you need to celebrate yourself. You need to celebrate your progress, whatever that means for you. And, you know, back then it didn't really mean, you know, what it looks like for me now where like I share that with everyone on my Instagram stories and I create content on Instagram and TikTok. I create these podcast episodes because I really love sharing my journey. And this is the way that I really love to celebrate progress. And especially this past year, there's been so much progress. There's been so many PBs. And so like I'm genuinely so glad that I'm able to look back on a lot of these race day videos that Gabriel puts together and just like, you know, feel the emotions all over again of race day. But if you're at your beginning start of your journey with running, that may look so different to you. And that may look like, you know, journaling. And I've, you know, seen people who keep like a journal for their training or, you know, if you just like keep a log or keep a track, keep track of like these runs and just looking at how you can improve over time. And I promise if you're not seeing the if you're not seeing the improvements now, keep at it and just keep staying consistent. And when things get hard, I think it's those runs in particular that you don't want to show up for, that you really don't want to wake up, get out of bed, get out the door for. Nine times out of 10, those runs for me actually end up being some of the best runs where like, you know, you just wake up and you're like, I'm so sore. I, you know, didn't get enough sleep. I want to just go back to bed. But you get out the door and you just get, just like tell yourself to get through that first mile. And then you get through that first mile and then you make it to mile two. And, you know, even during that run, it's just telling yourself to put one foot in front of the other and just keep going. Those typically end up being some of the best runs for me. And I think as well, when you're really struggling and you're really hurting during a run, one of my favorite things to do, and this sounds a bit dark, is just remind yourself of like all the really, really tough things you've been through and remind yourself of how strong you are. And they don't have to be running related. As you guys know, if you've listened to the podcast, like I'm very open about a lot of the really tough experiences that I've been through in my life. And I do that because I want to share that and so that you guys can also connect with that. And I got the sweetest, this is totally off topic. This is totally random, but I actually got the sweetest message from someone this morning and she was sharing a lot about how she, for example, connected to you know, how what I share with my sexual assault journey, how that happened for me and what that means for me as a runner. And, you know, I think that it's just like in ways like that where you can think about what running means for you. And if that means, you know, if you're overcoming something that was really hard, like an eating disorder or a sexual assault, or if you're working through something really hard at the moment, if you're working through a breakup, if you're working through a really tough situation, if you are grieving someone, I think that there's so many different ways that running can really help and really, really push you on to keep going because you kind of remind yourself of how strong you actually are, even though in those moments during those runs, you feel really weak. So that was a very long-winded answer, but I hope that that kind of made sense. This next question is about how to improve confidence leading up to a race and how to deal with self-doubt. And I really love this question and it kind of connects in, you know, from the last question and into some of the next questions. But 
I think when you're building your confidence, especially as a runner, it is hard. And it really goes back to that piece that I was talking about around comparison and how and why you shouldn't compare yourself to other runners. And I've not really found until like this year that I've I can truly say that I feel confident as a runner and I've really been building up my confidence. And that looks different for everyone. But for me, I used to wear like the baggiest of clothes. I used to wear like long leggings, even if it was like really, really warm because I was very self-conscious of my body and I didn't think that I had a quote unquote runner's body. And recently in the big half, I I just decided that it was going to be my very first race where I just go out in a sports bra. And I've done runs before where I ran in a sports bra, but I will never forget that like one of the first moments that I ran in a sports bra for the very first time just for a training run was during college. So this was like years ago. And I was so warm. I was wearing leggings. It was a really warm day in Seattle. And I think I was only about halfway through my run. So I had to run like all the way back home. And I was so warm. And I think it must have been during the summer. And I just told myself, just take off the shirt and just run in the sports bra. Like you see other people do it. And, you know, in the moment, it was really hard for me because I didn't want to obviously see anyone that I knew. And I was running around my university. But I just remember that feeling like I'm not when I, when I look back on this memory, I'm not remembering like every thought that was going through my head of like, oh God, like, is someone going to see me? Is someone going to think that I'm too fat to not wear a shirt or that I should be wearing a shirt or that like there's some sort of rule that, you know, tells me that I should or shouldn't wear a shirt on a run. That's, you know, none of that stuff. First of all, none of that makes sense. I don't know why I said any of that. But as well, it's not any of the stuff that I'm remembering. It's the moment that I got back and I specifically remember this boomerang that I took because at the time, Instagram boomerangs were very in. But I took this boomerang of me like throwing my shirt on the the bathroom counter. And it was just this moment of like, yeah, I ran like even if it was like one or two miles home, I ran home and I did the thing that I've been wanting to do for so long. And I just ran without my shirt. I felt so much cooler and in terms of like temperature, but also just in terms of confidence, it helped boost my confidence that little bit. And then, you know, not to say that like every single run since that first run was like a run without a t-shirt. I definitely am more, I definitely will wear t-shirts more than not wear a t-shirt but especially during the summer I think I'm just kinder to myself now and I think that's taken a lot of you know building up the confidence and building up the ability to be able to do that and tell myself that it's okay to do that but with this race at big half I think that it was a moment that was like it was surprisingly just a very very easy decision which is you know something that's taken years to build up but it was just such an easy decision of like it's going to be really humid tomorrow I'm just not going to wear a shirt And that in itself was like a big, big moment for me and something that I really celebrated, even though I chafed for the second half of the half. Um, But I think it just it made me feel so confident and I felt so like strong as a runner. And I think, you know, confidence, like I said, comes in different forms and different ways for people. But I think another way that I've really built my confidence as a runner is just 
just being very proud of how strong my legs are. And I've talked about this before, about how for the longest time, one of my biggest insecurities were my calves, which sounds ridiculous to a lot of people because I feel like people literally like specifically go to the gym to do calf raises to get calves as big as mine. But I was literally just born with them and I just have them. But I also played soccer for 10 years, so that may also feed into it. But I don't know. I think it's just there are different ways that you can really build your confidence. But I think at the end of the day, there is really an overarching theme of accepting yourself as you are, accepting your body, accepting your body for how strong it is, and reminding yourself of how many different things your body has gotten you through. Not just running alone. I think that like, yes, definitely like I will always reflect and be like, yeah, my body has gotten me through six marathons. It is strong AF. But as well, I've got my body's gotten me through an eating disorder and a lot of body changes. My body's gotten me through lots of moving, moving across the world. And I think that there are a lot of ways that you can celebrate yourself. But I think at the end of the day, really like focusing during training on building your confidence as a runner, I think will really feed into that confidence that you'll feel on race day. Because I think the more that you see yourself improve, not just in your training, like the physical aspect of training, but also in how confident you feel and how much you really truly love yourself and love your body for its ability to run and its ability to get you from point A to point B, no matter what race you're racing, whether that's a 5K, 10K, half marathon or full marathon. Every race is a celebration. And I think every race, regardless of what the outcome is, is such a big win because I think that it also, something that people don't talk about is the nervousness that a lot of people feel in signing up for a race and then showing up on race day. And a lot of people really hold themselves from actually signing up for another race if they've got, if they had a really bad race day experience, for example. So I think it's really important to not only commend yourself for signing up for those races, but also just to focus with, during your training on improving your confidence as a runner and not comparing yourself to others, not doubting yourself and not doing the negative self-talk because that's basically just like, you know, working against your favor and working against yourself. And at the end of the day, we want to become our best versions of ourselves and we want to become strong runners. We want to celebrate exactly how we show up today and every day as a runner. The next few questions kind of have to do with like how to train mentally for races and mental battles I've gone through in a marathon and how to overcome them. So I think how to train mentally for races is kind of what I've answered in the last question in terms of like just improving your confidence and dealing with self-doubt and sort of like, you know, going against that self-doubt. But in terms of mental battles I've gone through in a marathon and how to overcome them, I think ultimately like the first thing that comes to mind probably for a lot of us is hitting the wall during a marathon. And it is notoriously going to happen to a lot of us, if not most of us. And it happens at around that 20 mile mark when you've got just about 10k left. And so a lot of the mental battles really, I think, come for me when I start to feel random pain in an area or I start to feel really depleted because I've gone out too fast and I've, you know, not really strategically started this race well and I've not been very sensible with it. And I think that it's really easy for me to get into my head and start talking negatively to myself. So whilst I'm telling you not to talk negatively to yourself, I'm also telling you that like I am very guilty of it and I am still working on it myself. And it's something that is a really bad habit because 
It only focuses on like what's in the moment. And I think what's important is that in those moments, I'm really trying to remind myself of, you know, whilst I may feel crap in the moment on race day and I'm, you know, in this race and I am on mile 10 or whatever, you know, I'm focusing on, you know, only the negative elements of this race so far. And I'm not focusing on all of the training that's gone in, all of the time that I've put in to this race day. And I think it's really important to realize that no matter how much you prepare for a race, you cannot control the outcome. And I think that as someone who's a bit of a perfectionist, I kind of struggle with that a lot because I get a lot of anxiety around situations and things that I cannot control. And it's so ironic that I love racing, especially racing marathons, because I feel like that is ultimately one of the biggest races that you just like A, cannot control the outcome. You cannot control the weather on the day. But also, like, it's very different to, like, any other shorter distance races because if you are having a bad race on marathon day, you are in that race for a while, for 26.2 miles. So I think for me, it's always just really important to remind myself that no matter what, no matter how much training you did or how you hit every single training run during your training block, whether you know you hit pace on every single run or you didn't, no matter what, you cannot control race day. And I think I've been lucky in the sense that I have had pretty decent race days for the most part so far. I think A610K was probably like my quote unquote worst one yet because I rolled my ankle during the race. But in terms of like mentality, I'm pretty good at picking myself back up and even with that race, I had a moment of like, do I just DNF and walk away or do I keep going? And I think that it's really important that in those moments, you then celebrate yourself if you do choose to push on. And obviously with a roll day goal, you need to be smart and safe. So with me, I sort of deemed that I was okay to keep going. And I think it's important to not only celebrate that, but also celebrate how much training you've done. And I think that there's a lot that I'm specifically focusing on prior to Chicago Marathon that I've been chatting with my coach with in terms of, you know, A, this is like the biggest goal that I have in my running career. It's not something that I thought that I would pursue for quite some time. So it is, it's going to be a hard marathon. It's going to be a hard race. And I don't think that I've had a marathon yet where I knew that it was going to be hard. And I think that my coach is, she's been sort of talking to me early before we get into like taper week and race week, but she's talking to me now and telling me to prepare myself if I don't get that BQ. And I've been very vocal about, you know, chasing this BQ and wanting to get this BQ. But at the same time, it's been even harder for me to even like, like, me building the confidence to say that out loud, not only to myself, but to like everyone here on the podcast and on social media, that in itself took a long time to build the confidence for because I genuinely did not think that I was at a place where I was ready to go for that big goal. I genuinely thought that I would have like another full year of training before chasing a BQ. And so for me to even build the confidence to say so definitely feeds back into these questions around like, how do you even like build that mental resiliency and, you know, building the confidence like it is hard. And then like it makes it especially hard in those training sessions when you're not hitting pace. And then you start telling yourself, see, I told you so. You can't hit you know, a BQ marathon pace and it's, you know, too hard for you and you're not going to be able to get a Boston qualifier at Chicago. But it's really important to focus on the fact that like we set goals for a reason because at the time they feel super out of reach. And I 
often reflect on like a time when I looked at running a singular marathon, one marathon. That was a goal for me at one time in my life three years ago. And three years ago, almost to the month, I ran that first marathon. And I thought, you know, at the time I went into it thinking like, this is bucket list item. This is huge. I'm running a full marathon. I'm running 26.2 miles. And here I am three years later, you know, preparing for what is now like my newest biggest goal in my life. And so I think also realizing that your goals change throughout your life, but also like remember that you where you are now is something that you wished that passed you so wish that they could be at at the time. And for a long time, I so envied faster runners and I really envied just people who were able to switch and do a seven minute mile and just like run that easy peasy. And I'm not saying by any means that I can do that right now, but the fact that I can switch into that during an interval session is great. And I think that it's all about reflecting on that progress, reflecting on how far you've come. And that those are a lot of things that I'm trying to remind myself going into Chicago. And I'm really trying to remind myself that Chicago could literally go one of two ways. I could get a BQ and it could be the best day of my life and I could have the race of my life, or I could not BQ and it can be a really, really tough race. And it, it might be the first time that I experience what is a really, really tough race. And I'm trying to remind myself that at the end of the day, like running is a sport that I want to be doing past October 8th. It's running. It's a sport that I want to continue doing throughout my life. If I don't get a BQ in this race, it's not going to be the, the end of the world. It may feel that way in the moment, but I'm trying to tell myself now, like I need to prepare myself for that moment if I happen to not have a good race day and I don't BQ that it's going to be okay and then it's all a part of the running journey and you know I think that my big halftime is a perfect example of that I was chasing a sub 145 for almost full year and just like could not get it I ran at least three or four halves I think before I got my 140 time but it took failing again and again and again before I got it. And so I think I'm trying to also implement that mentality of like, just because I may not get it at Chicago doesn't mean I'm never going to get it. And people work years on years to get a Boston qualifier. And so I'm going to celebrate this training block regardless. And I'm going to try my best to remind myself to celebrate it regardless. But I think, you know, trying to build the mental resiliency and work through those mental battles in a race I think it's just important to also remember that it is okay to feel sad and it's okay to feel like just a bit negative and a bit like you want to cry because I think that that also just shows how emotionally tied you are to this sport and how invested we are as runners to the sport of running. And I think that that in itself is a very beautiful thing because I think that I've always loved sports growing up and I've always loved like the competitiveness of it. And I think that running now as an adult really gives me that same like childlike love of sports. But I think it's just like a little bit harder because it's just like you v you. So you're just in a competition with yourself. And so I think that I think part of that journey is definitely reminding yourself that it's OK not to be OK. And it's OK to let yourself cry because I'll tell you now, I've cried a number of times because of a bad training session or because of a bad run. But it doesn't make you a bad runner. It just makes you a very dedicated runner, I think, in my opinion. And I think that that is kind of just 
the mentality that I'm taking in Chicago. And I definitely want to do some videos on this and just sharing that, you know, whilst I'm saying I'm aiming for a BQ, it's definitely not, you know, going to be, it may very well not be a reality for me this year. And that's okay. But I think that it just, you know, it feeds into those mental battles. And I'm sure that I will go through mental battles regardless in Chicago Marathon. And I think after Chicago, regardless, I'm going to do an episode recapping the whole thing and just talking mile by mile what I was feeling in the moment, because I think that it's going to be important to reflect on what I was feeling in what is going to be my hardest marathon so far. And so I hope that this episode helped and just answering some of those questions. I think obviously we're called resiliency and running for a reason. And I think mental resiliency is so important to build, if not just as important as the physical aspect of running. And I really appreciate these questions. I think that they're so great. And I've got a number more questions that I've kind of categorically fit into other episodes. So I'm going to be recording them here soon. But again, thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. I really appreciate every single person that listens. We're continuing to hit new milestones every week and it means the absolute world. And so, yeah, I hope that you enjoyed the episode and I will just see you in the next one. All right, everyone, that's going to wrap up another episode of the Resilient Scene Running Podcast. I really do hope that you enjoyed it. As always, any resources or links that I mentioned will be linked in the show notes of the episode, as well as ways to connect with me for future topics and episodes. So I hope you enjoyed, and I will see you in the next episode. Bye!